0: And part me, if I look at my phone, I wrote my notes on my phone. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the things that we were talking about last week. So we have Jacob. He's living by his in-laws. He's living there for a long time, and I was just by my in-laws now for a week and a half, and I can tell you it's somewhat stressful.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Never.
0: And...
2: Well, not your in-laws. <laughs> no, but...
0: So we find um, so he's been there for twenty years, right? Twenty years, long yeah, time.
2: Yeah,
0: twenty years. Uh, he was uh, seven years. He worked for what he thought was Rachel. He got uh, you know he, he you know his father in law started playing with him as you know he continued to do masterfully uh, throughout the years, and he ended up with Leia. He says, you know what? Let's I'll do Leia as well, and he married uh, Leia and Rachel and Rachel, and he said they've worked for another seven years, and then the last six years, they start having kids, and there's a lot of drama, as we saw last week, or previous weeks, and now he decides that he wants to leave. Uh, but if you analyze the dialogue and the narrative, that was ta- that, that um, the process that he, that he undergoes in order to decide to leave. So what happens The strife or the uncomfortable situation that was existing between him and his father-in-law and their arrangement, their business arrangement, kind of reached a crescendo in the beginning of chapter 31. So what happens? Uh, Jacob becomes very successful. And he hears that his brothers-in-law, Lavan's children, are not so happy. They say, Jacob has taken all that belonged to our father, and from that which belonged to our father he amassed all this wealth. And he notices also uh, the following Pasuk, the following verse, that Laban's disposition, that behold, it was not toward him as in earlier days. And the third verse says, and Hashem said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your native land, and I will be with you. Right. Jacob has been away for thirty-four years from his uh, family; been a long time. He's made a pretty harrowing trip. He's had lots of, you know, lots of things that have happened. He now has 11 children. He has uh, two, two wives and change, whatever you want to call the arrangement that they had, right? And the Almighty tells him, it's time for you to head out. So the Almighty spoke to who? Who did the Almighty communicate this message to? Right. To Jacob. Now he has to go convince his wives. So what happens? He tells them, very interesting. And Jacob called, Jacob sent and summoned Rachel and Leah to, this, to his flock, and he said to them, I have noticed that your father's disposition is is not towards me as in earlier days, but the God of my father was with me. Now you have known that it was uh, with all my might that I served your father, I worked really hard, and your father mocked me, and, and he changed the wage a hundred times, he's constantly playing games with the compensation, but God did not permit him to harm me. Um, and he goes through the entire history, he says that everything, every time that his father-in-law, that love on Parents, uh, the father of his two wives, father tried to screw him. The Almighty, uh, you know, in, in, in interfere, so to speak, and made sure that everything worked out really well. And he goes on; he says, "Well, spectral ones, the wages, and the spectral ones he would stipulate right." And the the, the ring, one, oh, every every every, every stitch and every shenanigan that Levin tried to do, the Almighty, the Almighty uh, took care of, of Jacob. And if you fast forward to to verse number eleven. And an angel of God has sent me to a dream and said, "Jacob." And I said, "Here I am." And he said, "Raise your eyes." Um, Where are you? I am the God of Bethel. I'm, not, I'm reading the entire paragraph here.
2: We're going backwards. Yeah.
0: Yes, we're just reviewing. One
1: seventy-seven in our book column.
0: And finally, he finished this this whole um, this whole uh, dialogue by saying. That God told him, get up, arise, leave this land, and return to your native land. Now imagine, okay? Imagine you get an instruction from God. God tells you, you get up, it's time to head back to Israel. That's what God tells you. So that's a slam dunk, right? God tells you to leave, you leave. There's no, there's, 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 there seems to be no room, no, no wiggle room. I mean, there's no room for discussion. God gives you a message. I wish that's it. Come back to this. Now, Jacob, he's trying to convince his wives to join to no, join a board. Wants. What does he tell them? He speaks to them for uh seven verses. Seven verses are his he's trying to convince them. And if you read the verses, he's telling them. I'm sorry, not seven, it's even more than that. Eight verses from verse number five to verse number thirteen. Eight verses, the Torah dedicates eight. Out of the five thousand eight hundred and forty-five verses in the Torah, eight of them are dedicated towards Jacob trying to convince his wives to go with him back to Israel. It should be very simple. If God tells you to go back to Israel, you tell your wives, "I'm going back to Israel." God told me to go back to Israel. Why does he? Why do we need to, to dedicate eight verses? Why? Is it, oh. Where is there any doubt? Where is there any ambiguity? God tells you to go back to Israel. You go back to Israel. Right? You want to convince your wives, you tell them. God told me to go back to Israel. He spends seven and a half verses telling them all the history and how I was always good to your dad, but he always he tried to screw around with me. Right? I, he changed my wages a hundred times. He was constantly toying with my compensation, and got intervened. The whole story, just tell them, God told me to go back to Israel. Is that a j- decent question, a legitimate question? Yeah? What do you say? Right. It's legitimate, right? Yeah. What do you say, Howard? Right. God tells you to do something. Well, they, you,
3: they told he told Jacob. He didn't, he didn't tell, them. tell them. Well, that, that's
0: true. That's true. So maybe so he should have. Maybe
3: should've... he needs more, maybe they need
1: more convincing.
0: Okay, so, okay, maybe.
1: he justify, he has to justify to them why? Well, in a sense. Well, you always have to in justify to your wife
3: Yeah, you, you, you don't have to. That's have you no, have you do have to. Not in those you days. pack
4: up everything and I think on. women were very strong. They were not Say, say yeah. something. I have a maternalistic yeah. yeah. a, a, a husband yeah. and father and family ties there. Okay, so now we hear from the rep. No,
0: so does everyone say everyone One says legitimate? Uh, yeah, it does seem like a very naughty situation. Your father-in-law happens to be your boss who happens to be not be so honest with you and changing your wages all the time. Anyhow, and yeah, so let, let's look at the response. So what do they say? So Jacob now just told them earth-shattering information. Think about that. Think about your husband, right, Wakes up in the morning and tells you that God told you to move to Israel. It's a pretty earth-shattering revelation now he has the entire preamble of saying why really it's unten- it's, an unten- not, 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 it's an untenable situation here he has that whole preamble he says that it just became like not, not livable but then he adds the fact that there was a prophecy what do they say? then Rachel and Leah replied so they both said the same thing what did they say to him? have we then still a shear and an inheritance of father's house? Mm-hmm. you think it's so good for us here? it's also pretty miserable for us here right? are we not considered by him as strangers? For he has sold us and even totally consumed our money. Right? But all the wealth that God has taken from him, uh, from our father, belongs to us and our children. So now, whatever God has said to you, do. They also are employing some tactic. They also start off by saying that it's not good for us here either. We're uncomfortable with the situation as well. It's good for us to leave as well. We don't feel comfortable here either anymore. And then they finish off by saying everything that God told you to do. Do. Yep.
2: Where, where, where is Israel, right? Where is Israel? Here, what they're talking about. Where are they going? What they're heading back? They're heading. Back, they're heading west. Okay, because his yeah. name was there actually in Israel then.
0: Well, the land is called the land of Israel. It has many names.
2: Could it be? I mean, where, you think it was right where we're talking about where they live well, now? Well, well, um, no the land of the the
0: biblical land. It's a question, but the biblical land of Israel, right? The biblical land of Israel is a little bit different than the way our Forty. Israel is shaped. Yeah. A little it's bit different. Bigger. It's, bigger. it's a little bit more squarish. It's a little bit uh, shorter, but wider. It goes Just, to
2: his name, he, he became Israel.
0: Well, Israel is a name. It's so interesting to point out that Jacob has two names. Jacob has multiple. What's the idea of Jacob's multiple name? We spoke about this a little bit at the Bar, Bar Mitzvah last week. Jacob has multiple names. Week, huh? uh, well, last time I spoke, whatever. <laughs> Not last week. <laughs> So Jacob is yeah. the perfect blend. Jacob is considered to be the ideal of the forefathers. Bechir ha'avot. Right? Right. All of Jacob's kids right, comprise the 12, 12 tribes of the Jewish people. He doesn't have that Esav or that Ishmael. He doesn't have that little breakaway. He doesn't have that. Hence, uh, Jacob is, the, in, in his totality, the nation of Israel. Right? And Jacob lives a dual life. You analyze Jacob throughout uh, throughout his uh, the progression. You know, in, in Genesis, you see that this is someone who has to act out a character. Right? Jacob is so honest. Right. That was the thing we looked. He's so studious. He has to engage with Laban. He has to be wily and, and creative and deceptive, so to speak, to deal with Laban. He has to learn to. You know, that's that's where Jacob is acting as Israel, Jacob as for, foreshadowing the Jewish people is going to have to be very adaptive dealing with the struggles of Laban, right? With his father-in-law, with his brother who wants to kill him, right? Um, Jewish people are constantly a, in a maelstrom. Is that the right word? I don't know.
2: Maelstrom.
0: Maelstrom. Thank you. Uh, a uh, labyrinthine maelstrom.
2: That's
0: a good one. Nice. nice. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> of 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 conflict. It's taken out. But- of conflict, and uh, we'll see even a little bit later, right? Jacob has a major encounter in the beginning of the following up, uh, portion. He's a major conflict with Esau. He deals with the terrible tragedy of Joseph. So we look at we look at Jacob as being a microcosm of the Jewish people. Number one, he's the f- the final forefather, so to speak, of the Jewish people. His children are the groups that the Jewish people are still. Uh, are, are still separated by, uh, you know, the, the tribes, the Jewish people are still today identified by. And the struggles and the ups and downs that he undergoes are, uh, are a microcosm of what the Jewish people. Uh, over the course of their history, have undergone and continue to undergo as well. So
2: the same Israel, the Jacobite to the, the, the Israel most uh, Yes, yeah.
0: yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's even described. We we have we have uh, descriptions of, of landmarks. Okay. Right? You know we we know the same mountain that Abraham and Isaac and the Akkadah happened. That's the same mountain where uh, where David subsequently bought mm-hmm. and Solomon built the temple. And right okay. now where we you okay. know where the Temple Mount. We know exactly where it is. We know some places we don't know. Uh, uh, in the end of, in the end of the book of Numbers, we have forty-two different locations the Jewish people encamped yeah. uh, during their 40 yeah. forty-year journey. We don't know exactly where these places are. No, no, no we don't have landmarks. We know where the, uh, where the, uh, we know where the, excuse me, the Jordan River is. It's right, still there. Right? We know where Jericho is. It's still there. We know Jerusalem is. still there. But a lot of these places, we don't know where they are. But we were given uh, at the at the end of uh, Numbers that there's a a outline of the biblical Mm -hmm. Israel, and it's a little bit uh, more truncated uh, north southwise on the uh, uh, platitudinal lines.
2: Um, That's pretty good. They're
0: nice. It's
1: another platitudinal.
0: Uh, (laughs) But it's a little bit wider, so it 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 extends over the uh, um, eastward over the Jordan. Yeah.
1: May I just make a comment about Absolutely. the Rachel and Leah thing? When I read this, and I just reading it again, you know, when he tells them that he's going to leave, you know, I mean, instead of saying something like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to have to leave," you know, our father's home. What do they say? They want to know if there's going to be a share of their inher- of his inheritance for them. That's pretty cold. No. So well, in other words, no, well, no, what they're, what, they're what they're pointing
0: want. out is that that his that like we're not wanted here either. That's what they're trying to say.
1: But the way that it sounds to me, it, it doesn't... And it like they're like trying to they say, really do you
0: think that we're giving up anything by leaving? Yeah,
1: that they don't really care. Do you think, about that,
0: do you think that our father's yeah. going to leave us a big chunk of money or have yeah. anything waiting for us? No. So they
1: understand who he is, basically. Yeah, well, that's but the, I, the, that's po- the point hearing.
0: is that there's multiple okay. factors here. Where are
1: you? What, what line is that? Um, this is 177, um, three lines from the bottom.
2: 15. 14. 14. Then replied. Rachel
1: and Leigh replied said to yes. him, is there still for us a share in inheritance of the house of our father? Is it not that as strangers we are considered by him? I mean, you know, instead of saying, oh, wow, we have to leave here, mm-hmm. it's like, that's all they say.
0: Well, and then, and read, but read what further.
1: Yeah.
3: What do they mean so that he has that? sold us? What, who sold them? They weren't sold.
0: Me, yeah. Sold means, uh, like, to he disowned. That's, so oh, that's what it means. Um, but then, if you read uh, verse 16, all the wealth that God has taken away from our Father belongs to us and to our children, so now whatever God has said to you, do... That, ex- that is an exclamation point on this decision. So back to our original uh, yeah. problem that we had with this whole narrative. We have a directive from God, go to Israel. Where's Israel? It's all the way west from where they are right now. Uh, and we have the narrative telling us that Jacob is trying to convince his wives. He has eight verses telling them, and only the last verse does he mention that God told us them. The first seven verses were telling him how it became a a very difficult place for him to be and and, and and why he's he's suffocating there. I have to leave. Oh, by the way, as a PS, God told me that God God, God told us that we have to go. And they respond, similar thing. They say, Oh, uh well, do you think it's so good for us here? Our father disowned us and we you know, we he doesn't want us.
1: <laughs> he's a, yeah. and he's he a crook and they knew it. We've been wanting wants. to get out of here since we married. Because he, yeah. yeah. he said he was a crook and they knew it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So what I think what, what, what Howard is, is, is bringing up is that I think what Jacob is really teaching, what the Torah is teaching us by telling us a story. Remember, the Torah could have just said, the, the Torah doesn't tell us unnecessary just factoids. That's not what it's about. It's a book of lessons. I think that there's a lesson to be taken here. I think you'll see what you guys say. I think that, as we know from Abraham, hearkening back to Abraham, Abraham, his ten trials and tribulations, Abraham, the nisyonot, Abraham, the first one was that he had to leave his family. Right. Any time you have to make a major lifestyle change, a major character change, or any change of any of any kind, right? Obviously, the the greater the cha- the, the change is, the more difficult it is. But any change is difficult. Right. And Jacob knows that I am going to have to go tell my wives that we have to leave. We have to leave. It's not really up. It's not really room for debate. Right. However, what I'm going to try to do is make it easier for them. I'm going to attenuate it. I'm going to make it easier for them to to, to do what's right. So yes, I could just say, listen, God told us to leave, we're leaving. That's really the only reason.
4: Mm-hmm. That'd be ugly. Authoritarian. That's not,
0: well... And it's it's besides for that it's it's yes it's it's what you have to do but it's very difficult to do so how so what the, so he decided is a very very interesting tactic to make it easier for them he says listen it's not so good for us here right? your dad's playing around with me he did he changed my he changed my my uh, my compensation a hundred times right? and he, he's always playing around with me you know and then he adds the, throws down the bomb by saying that God told, told me to leave. What he's doing is first, he's taking this challenge of having to do something that's right. Because God said to do it, right? even though it's difficult to do. He's taking this challenge and trying to make it smaller. Trying to shrink it. Trying to say, listen, following what God wants us to do is also good for us. We're not giving up so much. And what do they? How do they respond? They respond in kind. They're also trying to see or trying to lessen the challenge. They're saying, "You know what? It ha- it's not so good for us here either." But right? they
2: had no. I mean, they couldn't say no anyway. They true. Can, they true. Say, I'm true. Here. True.
0: True. They they couldn't. No. Right. But they start off by saying, "This is a challenge. This is a challenge. Life is full of challenges. The way to approach it is not to say." God said, "That's what we got to do. We got to do." What you try to do is make it easier. I, I think that, like for for every area of Judaism, you know, people that are are, are starting to adopt more practice, more observance of Judaism. Right? It's a challenge. It's conflict. It's it's not an easy thing, you know. Observing Shabbos, we know we have the wonderful uh, Shabbos uh, YouTube videos, right? But it's 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 it's, it's a lot of loss, and the real reason why we observe Shabbos, why do we observe Shabbos? God said we got to observe Shabbos. That's the real reason. But it's authoritarian, and it's also very difficult. Right? And that's a big challenge. What we have to do is realize that Shabbos is the most beautiful midst in the world. Shabbos is lovely. Shabbos is pleasant. You're not really giving up that much. Right? The benefits greatly outweigh what you're actually giving up. The real reason is because we're not. Well, (laughs) you can't. You know, you can't. uh, Whatever, whatever you can't do.
1: Yeah. You can't drive. (laughs) You can't can't go shopping.
3: Right, Right. but those. But I used to do. (laughs) do
1: That's right. That's what happens. Just (laughs) shift it all over. So you just have to reorient. So the
2: four women go with him. The two maid servants. The two maid servants. Rachel and Leah. Yeah. So, and they all bring all their children with them. Absolutely. So we'll to, see a little
0: bit later on. A little bit this, we slap everybody there. Absolutely. But I, I think that this is a very important point. And I'm going to say a statement that I believe is 100% true. I think that anything that the Torah wants, the Torah gives us lots of commandments, lots of restrictions. I don't believe that you're giving up anything by observing them. I don't believe that there's any mitzvah that you could say that this will make my life, just my physical life, worse. I don't believe so. And I think the Almighty, we, the mind is considered, we call him our, our father. What does the father want? The father loves their child, wants him to have the best life possible. I think when the Torah gives us restrictions, yes, on one hand, it seems like hard to swallow. I can't eat this. I can't, Like, things like stuff you can't wear, stuff you can't eat, just, governing every aspect of your life. I think we have to realize this point, is that in reality what God wants from us is us to be the happiest, and not just the happiest oh, in some spiritual realm. No, even on planet Earth, right? Olam Hazed, this world, God wants it to, to be best for us. And we have to find the beauty in the mitzvot and, and realize the practical, tangible benefit that we're going to get, and what that does is totally shrinks the challenge. It takes the challenge and it just, it mitigates it. Yeah, It's difficult, but you got to do it because God tells you you got to do it. Whatever whatever mitzvah it may be. Whatever character improvement it may be. It's a better life if you're not always angry. If you're not always patient. It's a better life. It's a better life. Uh, so, yes, why can't you be angry? Because the Torah says you can't be angry. right whoever's angry... It's the as if he commits idolatry, right? That's one statement it says uh, in the in the, uh, in in Jewish literature, right? whoever gets angry, all different kinds of torments uh, torment him. The reason why we can't get angry is because that's what the, the, ultimately that's that, that's the only reason. But a way for us, a tactic that, we, that, we, can employ, that we, 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 we can employ is the realization and um, uh, integration of, of, the, uh, of, of the reality that we're not really giving up anything. And in fact, the best way to live is the way the Almighty uh, outlines for us in his book of instructions. I just
3: want to make a comment. Sure. I think a lot of us Jews were raised not with the Torah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We used it in synagogue or high holidays or Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have the experience of the Torah the way you described it, the laws the way you, you observed it. So I'm just speaking for me. At this age, even though I'm much more interested in applying this to me, it's very difficult to change from what I've, how I've lived most of my life to the way that mm-hmm. I hear you and the rest of the rabbis speak.
2: That's what they call Bashu. Well, absolutely. It is difficult.
0: Absolutely. And that's that's the challenge. And and what method are you going to use? Even
3: even though your brother doesn't believe in the separation of form, conservative, and orthodox, Mm -hmm. maybe you don't either, all this is orthodox. I wasn't raised orthodox, so it's very difficult to go from whatever I had in my background.
4: However, if you think yours is difficult, imagine mine. <laughs> it's enormously difficult. Another culture, another surrounded by Christians. Um, how, part of my family Christian. How we stay Jewish is right. wonderful. But I don't know how. Uh-huh. No Torah like was allowed. Mm-hmm. Nothing.
0: But uh, yeah, that's that's that. But I think that this can be said about most Jews today. Most Jews today don't mm-hmm. have a very strong background in traditional Jewish. Uh, knowledge, practice, literacy, right?
3: I love But guys, I, I think I think, a, I think it's something to uh, lead up to. Uh, yeah. You know, it would be great if I could convince my child to live this way, but it's yeah. a little late no. for me. It's, it's never
0: too, too late. late. Come on, so you never too to late. Just
3: work on it. Well, I'm already fast. You got to work it on. No, you work that. on yourself. You I know what are you doing? I committed to fast on uh,
4: John Kippur. No, no, no. said, yeah.
1: You mean 17th Tammuz? You, that day? No, no, in a week. 9th uh, of, or of yeah, August. 5th of August. I don't know what the. Uh, oh, next week for the 9th of August. Yeah. Why? I went
3: to Musar class, and the rabbi wow. was leading it. It was a challenge, I suppose
1: then you'll do it. You know, it's like everything. It's the
3: same thing for me. It's like... A, I don't have any trouble fast There you is have to, but a... You, know, you have to do a
1: little bit at time. It's One like so of the two major fasts. Just, to So to me, this is like... This is just a, just some to
0: fill in some information for everyone else, Everyone else here overheard. There's a two... In, Jew, in the Jewish uh, calendar, there's six fast days. Uh, two of them are major and four of them are minor. The major ones is Yom Kippur. It's right in the Torah. And then the minor ones are, um, are rabbinic. But there, the ninth day of the month of Av, right. today is the second day of Av. So it's a week from today, uh, is the the day that the temple temples were destroyed.
4: Okay.
0: Uh, there were multiple when multiple tragedies. First, first, and, first and a second or one the same, same, day. Same, same day. Same day. Same day. Okay. Multiple multiple tragedies happened on the ninth day of Av, and therefore a major fast day was instituted as uh, a way of mourning on the on the one hand. And uh, praying, on the other hand, um, and trying to imagine, uh, you know, life the way it was, uh, and how our Judaism pales in comparison to the okay. Judaism, you know, in its, you know, grandest splendor. So it's uh, Monday night begins, and it goes all the way to Tuesday night. It's about twenty four and change, twenty five hour. hours, something like that. Um, but I think uh, Howard. So a lot of so this is a this is a problem. I'm saying. You have lots of Jews that aren't exposed to Judaism, traditional Judaism, or any, any kind of Judaism, for that matter. Uh, the majority of the Jews aren't exposed to any kind of Judaism. But when a Jew does get exposed, and they recognize that it's true, that it's not just a bunch of baloney. That's, the, I think, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Once there's an intellectual understanding of this is real, like this book is actually yeah. the Word of God, and Moses actually was outside it, we were all there, there's millions of witnesses, and this is all real. Then there ar- arises a major conflict. A major, major, major conflict. And the ones that are able to. I mean, it's a conflict of your intellect versus your uh, desires or Habit. your,
1: it's your apathy it's your or your
0: habits, yeah. right? Or your yeah. characteristics, yeah. Uh, right? It, it's a major conflict. And it's not easy. Most people, even, even those that know the Torah is true, and they know it's all real. They, they know, intellectually, they cannot seem to overcome um, um, the, the, the built-in, the built-in uh, status quo, so to speak. But the ones that do it are the, are the bravest to obeys them, and they're able to say, "Listen, I, I have an intellectual integrity. Their intellectual integrity and their willpower pushes them to be able to do it. But, but a, he- a very good tactic is saying, "Listen, it's a better way to live. It's a better way to live. I'll be happier." Right, I'll, I'll I'll have more meaning in my life. Right, I you know I I I'll, I'll live a more uh, a more balanced life. Right, the the, the, the Torah's uh, guide to relationships are very practical. Very practical. Right, and you see that relationships where uh, an understanding of, of of Torah is present are more successful. It's it's dem- it's, it's it's demonstrable, you know. So yes, there's a lot of just better ways of living, yeah, and that makes the challenge a little smaller. And that's exactly what what we learned from from Jacob and his narrative with with Rachel and, okay. and Leah. Wait, yes. I
4: want to turn it if we had had one page of the Torah, the whole family would have been killed. So we grew without it, and now if you go to America Española, the descendants of the Sephardic, we are called the Real Sephardics. That is a big deal in my family. You are not, I don't know. Why is a big deal? Uh, well, because we come from the Arabic Peninsula. But now, if you go all over there, they want to know Torah. They don't know where to start, and nobody's reaching all those millions over there. When they you have learn, a lot of chance. You learn this, you can go there. That's right. You I do was it. Just thinking oh, the same thing. I <laughs> do it every yeah. chance go I get. Go teach them. Go start. Every chance I get. Another thing I do is I don't stay away from Christians or So anybody. there's no.
2: There's not any. Hispanic rabbis that are down there to teach you all? Very, Where is very this?
4: few and we have some Nicaragua, that are charlatans. Nicaragua? Nicaragua. Sec- not not in America America in Nicaragua. We, Nicaragua is a socialist country. You have to be careful. But, for instance, in Honduras, they have a very good rabbi that is at Kanazi, But they don't, like the, they don't like the Sephardis. You know, they want...
2: Jews are Jews. I don't that, care. If that a is way well, yeah, it's care the way I see it. I don't care how you celebrate it. Control.
4: For instance, I'm ridiculed by some Jews because my mezuzah is behind the door. I, I can't get rid of that. That is part of my heritage. That way, when I open the door for a stranger, my mezuzah is protected. Nobody knows that is there. And while that stranger is at the house in the old days, we kept the door open. So they didn't know the Masusa was there. Well, that's why you do it, because you had to hide. Exactly. But that is beautiful. But anyway, oh, yeah, I'm a big mouse. I do talk about
1: it. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be your calling in the end, is to go and help yeah, get things going down retired, there. Yeah, now I'm I can... Okay. Yeah, there you
4: go.
0: We'll turn Either... it back to the rabbit. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jacob escapes. He takes his whole. He has eleven, eleven, uh, well, eleven boys, right? He's eleven boys and a girl. Oh, a girl. Uh, yes, Dina, yeah. Dina so, exactly. And well, not we born. will. Not, we did not see the end of her, by the way. I'm sorry, Benjamin.
2: Benjamin isn't born yet.
0: Benjamin isn't born yet. Correct. And Joseph. He's Joseph is, was just born. Joseph, and then, and then uh, that directly preceded. He said
2: 11, so we, Benjamin's the last. Yeah. one.
0: Right. Now, um, so Jacob escapes, Rachel steals the idol, that's like a side plot here, and eventually Lavan, or L- 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 Laban, finds out that Jacob escaped, and he starts chasing him down, and he overtakes him, and they have this standoff, Laban has this very incredible dream, and In the dream God tells him, don't speak to Jacob, not good, and not bad and uh sages point out here interestingly that well, why not good like what, like what's wrong with Jacob or, or love being good or saying nice things to uh, to 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 Jacob and we actually find this as we find another parallel to that where uh, in the in the right at the beginning of the of the next of the next torah portion we see that Jacob is about to have an encounter with Asaph and he prays to God save me from my brother save me from Asaph. And the sages point out there as well that Jacob was fe- was fearful of my brother that Asaph would do good things like a brother does and he was he was scared of him being like like who's a wild maniac. He he had the same the same thing where he doesn't want good nor bad. He wants to be distinct he wants to be different, he wants to be separate. And I think that, you know, for us, when we have to, we encounter, you know, invariably, but uh, as individuals, but as a community, you know, the Jewish people, they have interactions with the non-Jews. They have interactions with Rome, which is demonstrated by by Aesov. And there's two dangers inherent in that. There's the danger of them treating us like Aesov, Right? bad, very poorly, right? of them slaughtering us or mistreating us or marginalizing us. And then there's the danger of them being too friendly. And what the Torah is telling us here is that there's a distinct danger when the Jews get too friendly, you get too close to the non-Jews, there's the risk of the backlash. There's the <laughs> risk of what happened in Germany. And Germany in the, in the, past, in the 19th century was a place where the Jews were most integrated and most indistinguishable from the non-Jews and most involved in the culture and everything, right? They, they were beloved. You know, they were titans of industry. They were the, the, the lawyers and doctors and all the philosophers and professors. They were, they were it in Germany and they were beloved and that also is a danger. Uh, and the perfect balance is where there is interaction but there isn't any integration. And uh, the Jewish people remain distinct, right? They remain separate, Okay, so they, so, um, so Laban ha- Laban has this dream, and eventually they have the showdown. And Laban tells him he starts off with a threat, saying, "I could do whatever I want to you. I could destroy you if I wanted to," and. Jacob responds he's like why'd you leave I wanted to give him uh, I wanted why'd you steal my gods he says what do you mean uh, I was scared that you I was I, I was scared if I told you I was leaving you would never let me go you would take your kids away from me who knows what you would do to, do to me and he goes looking for the uh, for the idol can not find it <coughs> and then there is a very um, somewhat lengthy diatribe um, from Jacob this is starting from verse number thirty-six. Everyone's got? Verse thirty-six. Did we read
2: this, guys? Yeah, we yes. read this last week.
1: Yeah, we did. You weren't here. There are only two pages from the
0: end. Yes. Then Jacob became angered, and he took up his grievance with Laban, or Laban or Lavan, right? Lavan's the Hebrew. Jacob spoke up and said to him, said to Laban, "What is my transgression? Like, what did I do wrong? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me?" When you rummaged through my things, what did you find from all your household objects? Mm-hmm. Set it here before my kinsman. Your kinsmen. let it decide between, between the two of us. These twenty years that I've been with you, your I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Used, you Your ewes and she does never miscarried. Nor did I eat rams when you fly. I didn't steal anything. Mm-hmm. Right? I took impeccable care of 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 your of your animals. That which was mangle I never bought for you. I myself would bear the loss. For me, for me, you would exactly. Jacob was so honest that if anything ever went wrong, he took responsibility. Whether it was stolen by day or stolen by night, if it was stolen, he had a full insurance policy. Yeah. That's not a bad employee to have, right? Yeah. This is how it was. By day, storching he consumed me, and frost by night. My sleep drifted from my eyes. He didn't stop. He was a consummate worker. This is my 20 years in your household. I served you 14 for your two daughters, I worked really hard. And six for your flock. I earned it, right? I earned it. I worked seven years for each one of your daughters. Seven. Seven plus seven is 14 years for your daughters. And six years for your flock. Only after 14 years of work, only then did he start earning for himself. And you, Chamber, went a hundred times. I was so incredibly honest, you were dishonest. Had had not the the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the dread of Isaac been with me, you would have surely now sent me away empty-handed. God's righteousness and I toiled my hands, so He admonished you last night. What Jacob here does he, is he outlines, right? He delineates all the reasons why Jacob earned what he had. I worked tirelessly. I toiled. I was the best worker. I was the most honest. I worked legitimately. I earned it. I earned the. I earned the. Two, my 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 wives. I earned my keep. I earned. My, I earned whatever I, whatever I had. How does Laban respond? Then Laban spoke up and said said to Jacob,
1: the
0: daughters are my daughters. The children are my children. And the flock is my flock. And all that you see is mine. Me, me, me. What happened here? What happened here? Jacob did a very good job of arguing of presenting legitimate, empirical arguments to say, I worked hard, he, you, and, you know, and Laban wasn't contesting I mean, any, any of the reasonings, any of the rationales. He said, no, it's all mine. The daughters are mine, the children are mine, the flock is mine, everything is mine. What happened there? Where, where's the disconnect? The that he had, he well, it, well, how, how does that even work? Like, what kind of crooked? You, like, imagine you're having a debate. And Jacob, there's an argument here. And Jacob gets up and presents very logically, (laughs) detail by detail, how I worked, when I worked, for what did I work. And he just lays out all the reasonings why he earned what he earned. And how does he respond? No. It's all mine. Without any basis. I think that this perhaps... This demonstrates, I think it's somewhat of a continuation of what we mentioned earlier. No matter how impregnable the the intellect or the logic behind an argument is, Jacob's argument was incontrovertible. It was sound, clear logic. Laban didn't want to hear it. He had made up his mind earlier. He said, these are mine. He pursued them. I want to get back what I own. No matter how clear and coherent and cogent Jacob's arguments were, doesn't matter. Because he was so unwilling to let the intellect interfere with what he wanted, he was still able to say, no, the daughters are mine, the children are mine, the flock is mine, everything is mine. I think that the lesson the Torah wants us to hear is that unless we are receptive to ideas or to debate or to issues, even the soundest of logic presented in the most orderly fashion won't penetrate. Laban was predisposed towards his position even though Jacob step by step presents a very clear very sensible, very logical argument. It does not make one iota of a difference. Why? Because he was not willing to be receptive.
2: he, st- he was stubborn.
0: Well, he was Arrigan. stubborn. Yeah,
2: and and unwilling to listen. Arrogant.
0: Exactly, and I, and I think that Selfish. when we talk about, we all have this within ourselves as well. There's some times where we want something. I want it to be this way, and no, no matter of logic will change my mind. And that you know, that's something that we have naturally, and that's something we have to be very, very aware of.
2: Worst trait you can have,
0: arrogance. I don't do think it's arrogance. I think it's. I think it's,
2: it's. Selfish, selfish. He's, he's selfish. Is he's selfish yeah, he's a lot of, a lot of arrogance. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, a lot of adjectives.
0: Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah but. What do you mean? He worked really hard and he earned it. Yeah, but yeah. But, but the point is, is that if
3: if,
0: if you I paid want him. if you want the result, the end result to be something, you may just not you may just not be willing to accept any logic. And the outsider, when we look at this as an outsider, we say, "Wait a minute, something is wrong with Laban. But because. In his mind, he, I'm sure he was... He, he, If you asked him, are, are, is it, are, you, are you serious? Is this legitimate? he say, yeah, of course. In his mind, it's totally legitimate. But he's being blinded. He's being blinded. And he doesn't have the tools to make decisions. And I think that this... For us as well, I, I know that I've been in situations where you have an argument with someone and halfway through the argument, you realize that intellectually that person is right. And you're wrong. <laughs> and you keep on arguing.
3: <laughs> you don't want to look wrong. Uh, either you don't want to look
0: wrong, or but but, but that's but 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 that's not uh, that's not being fair, it's not being fair, and well, it's, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's it's well, it's never it's,
3: said Levin was
0: fair. That's true,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so and no, but I think, I think that we fair.
0: can learn. We learn from him as well. There's there's a lesson to be learned from him as well, and the Torah tells it to us because of this lesson, and we have to make sure that the decisions that we're making are we have to be open, open-minded enough. We have to be willing to judge. A situation, a scenario, an idea, by the merits of that situation, scenario, or idea.
3: But then he changes because he says, "Yet."
0: Oh, he says, "Listen, God told me. If God tells you to do something, you know, you don't, you don't mess around."
3: In the next line, they wind up talking
2: about let's make compass.
0: Yes. So what happens? Well, the, the, this is where we got up to uh, last week. Let's read to the end of the parsha and then. Uh, and then we'll uh we'll uh sign off for the rest of the semester. And by the way, I want to congratulate everyone here. You guys are the uh are the tough guys, the fighters that are right. still here standing.
3: Yeah, we were supposed to be done twenty uh, weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna start
0: again. Uh breakneck right. part no, one. We love it. We love it. And no, you know we what, I think right the here. the thing the thing that you? we That's learned exactly. the most out of what thirty five breaknecks is just how much there is in there yeah. and how many right. how many times have we said you know what well let's not get too deep into this because well, we have we do
2: but we do
0: but we, st- we, yeah, we, st- do, do. we do but we still leave much more yeah. that much more but stones uncovered no but it's a breakneck but it's 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 into the you know into the depths. We're going really fast. But we we're going deep study, instead of you know broad. We, instead could, of we could surface study
2: creation for fifty years. Couldn't we change it. To for sure.
1: Yeah, your brother said that we could. He could spend six years on Genesis alone. Absolutely. That's what he said.
0: Absolutely. And the
1: first word we can. Spend but you know a year what, Rabbi? You know what else never happens the here? I'm never finish. You won't. Laban this. also tries <laughs> I, to guilt trip him. You read it. In oh, you degree. stole my daughters. I you took agree. this away we had got a lot to lose. I don't get Jacob was the best worker I ever had. He made him yes, rich. <laughs> he, he, tried, he tried to guilt
2: trip <laughs> him on top of everything else. It takes a like 20 out. minutes. shower. What do you mean? Is it's a He's, the, for the,
4: the He's the boss. He's the boss.
2: He's the tribal chief. Yeah, we read it every week. Last week
3: at Bethlehem talked about what's going on in Israel. Yeah,
0: but remember, a deal's a deal. And reality is reality. And when you have a deal with okay. your employee.
4: What? He earns yes. it.
0: He earns it.
4: Yeah, but Rabbi
3: oh, yes. That's right. And he was and he wasn't, and Jacob had to deal with
0: this reality. And Jacob, as we said, Jacob is the microcosm of the Jewish people.
3: And you have to navigate this very treacherous
0: waters. Very dangerous. Yes. Okay, let let's read let's read to the end here.
2: We need, we need the expert to
0: read. Uh, who's that? I'll read. Howard. Howard, Howard. No, he reads the
1: bottom. He reads the commentary.
2: Oh, okay.
0: okay, so it's only like 15. I'll read it. I'll read it. Okay. But, but we're going
2: to miss Howard's reading for a month. Well,
0: then Laban spoke up and said to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the children are my children. The flock is my flock, and all that you see is mine. Yet to my daughters, what could I do to them this day? Or to the children whom they have born? So now, come, let us make a covenant. I and you... And he, which is a capitalized, shall be a witness between me and you. This is something you find often in, in, in Genesis. We found it earlier with Abimelech. There comes a point in time where, where the Jew has a conflict with a non-Jew and the Jew totally dominates, right, as in this, and then he says, you know what? Maybe I could still get something. Let me get some sort of, uh, let me try to squeeze out a little bit of something out of it, you know. Let, let, me, let me get the covenant, let me let, let let's try it. When we see that uh, later on, we we open the book of Joshua, you know, and uh, uh, you know, there's covenants that are the peace treaties the Jews abide by, years and years and years down the line. Um, the Jews always seems to be willing to give up more for peace.
1: Yeah. like like Really? They gave up everything to Egypt. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, they gave up everything to Egypt. Uh but but the Jew says the Jew says peace I'm peace is more important. I'll give up the Sinai, I'll give legitimacy to, to Egypt, because I I would still value that.
4: They have to take it over. But I, I I think I think it was a really good
0: deal. I think it was a really good deal with uh, with
2: Egypt. You know, I think that no, since nineteen seventy nine, you know, it's been a good deal. Look, and with Jordan.
3: But unfortunately, it's not a good word,
2: is You don't know what I... Howard, you don't know what I say no, about this. <laughs> this. Carp Obama, <bombing, laughs> what do you say? <laughs> but a lady... Uh, of, uh, there used
3: to Muslims. be the Obama
4: administration <laughs> so said, Obama's said that... He, she was Muslims. told by Give people it, from Qatar, yeah. the Qataris, that Hamas is not a terrorist well, organization. Look what, look what they're doing in Europe. Look what
2: they're doing in Europe. Oh, no, There's <laughs> a lady that's still
4: in Congress. And the other lady said that uh, At least they Hamas really has to put, him, put uh, why now? throw the bombs we're from private, private why places it's because, it's because, it's uh, why, why, why is there so, so much anti-Semitism oh, I believe them the whole
2: world I truly hmm. Rabbi why is there so much anti-Semitism now <laughs> what's triggering now again anti-Semitism <laughs> yeah. well but it's now it's worse now <laughs> than it's so. if there's <laughs>
0: if there has been any constant
2: Anti-Semitism. Yeah, but In the it's past worse 2,000 now.
0: years, it's anti-Semitism, but yeah. it's
2: worse now yeah. again. It's
0: not worse now. It's a lot. It's a lot better than now that it's ever been. We have to.
2: And dedication. you know what? That is and why y- we that's
0: it that's more. the reality. And you know what? Uh, historically, our relations with the Muslims are much, 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 much better than it has been with the Christians. So yes, and I, I don't think that uh, I don't We're think heard of that before. Oh, absolutely, of course.
4: For hundreds of years of course, they were yeah. Us. You know how many One,
0: hundreds and hundreds and thousands of Jewish communities were slaughtered by the Christians? The Jewish people yeah, were we always, always on much better a much better uh, A much better terms with the Muslims. We did
4: very well when we were running the Muslims when
0: in we Spain, were in Spain. You know, yeah, and historically we've always done time. well. Almost yeah, always we done flourished. well. Well either way I don't want to get into this uh, no, but I, I don't worries. think I, I think that conflict as we see from our forefathers is ever present. And there's no easy resolutions, and you know I think that we could say, you know what, would it be great if we just carpet bomb them?
2: Yeah,
0: bomb the whole thing back to the stone. We could, they could do that. The yeah, Israelis could do it, but it's not, it's not really a viable option. It's not really a viable. Let's option. do it anyway. Do it's that. not, it's not, it's not the way. It's not the way the Jewish people act. It's not a Jewish way of, of engaging with Jewish, with problems.
3: Jews so give
2: decide. me, and the, there's no other solution. There is no. who says there's an easy solution?
0: There's not going to be an easy
2: sol- solution. No.
0: We have we have to do we have to do what we have to do we have to do what we can do its best and do it in Jewish Jewish fashion. I don't think that you could say that uh, you know well let's just nuke them all
2: nuke them all. Why not? You can't.
0: It's not the way we deal with it. Okay, let's let let's read to the end here.
1: Okay, Wait a minute, Rabbi, I have a question here. You started to talk about the covenant. Yes. Laban is the one who's saying. Let's yes,
0: make and you'll find that a lot. It wasn't it Jacob? Once Israel, he once didn't. Laban didn't come with the intention of creating a covenant. Right. he came to vanquish Jacob. Right.
3: right. To get everything back.
0: And after he realizes he has no chance against Jacob, now says, you know what, let me get something at least. And you'll see that, you'll see, the very next okay. page we're going to see, Jacob is going to encounter Aesav. Aesav is going to come with very nefarious intentions. And he too, after Jacob skillfully disarms him, he's also going to say, oh, maybe we can be friends. Maybe we can be, right? Yeah, right, right,
1: okay. Yep, yep, yep. That's
0: okay. And Jacob took a stone and raised it up as a monument. And Jacob said to his brethren, gather stones. So they took stones and made a mound and they ate there on the mound. Laban called it Yegar Sahadusa and Jacob called it Galaid. If someone asks you what language is the Torah written, written in?
2: Aramaic. Aramaic.
0: Well, the Torah is written in Hebrew.
2: In Hebrew, okay.
0: However, there are some words that are in Aramaic. Like these words, Yegar Sahadusa are the two words in the Torah that are written in Aramaic there are us also other words in the Torah that are from other languages as oh, well.
2: You. Okay. Can you
0: like like Yidara Sahadusa means a mound of testimony, a memorial, so to speak. So
1: why do you suppose that was, that was written in a different language? What would be what Laban the reason
2: said that? that?
0: Well, Laban said it like that, but it's a good question. It's a good well, question.
1: Well, yeah, but just because he, I mean, he's in Aramaic. he
0: says in the bottom here?
3: Jacob and Laban both gave it the same name. Uh, Jacob used What's Hebrew wouldn't abandon the sacred
0: in Yeah. But it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. Very interesting. I, yeah, and we I know that, that the the, the word... Stuck tf- right in there. The word yeah. tefillin, tefillin is mm-hmm. translated as phylacteries. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, if someone didn't well, know what tefillin is... I don't know what Yeah, if is. someone didn't know what tefillin was, he said, oh, phyla- oh phylacteries, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> sure, it's like... <laughs> You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, um, it's
3: like a a medicine. Medicine. sounds <laughs> like a slippery <laughs> factory. Yeah, like,
0: like I don't know who made who made up that word, like a tabernacle. You know, oh, a mishkan, a tabernacle. Oh, sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> which neighbor doesn't have one of those? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but the word tfilin, the Talmud tells us that tfilin is a mixture of two words, tat pat, and they are also from other languages. Some language called Afriki, which sounds like Africa. In the Talmud recounts of uh, Rabbi Akiva taking some sort of fact-finding mission journey to Africa to find out what a word actually meant. So he went to the locals. It's an interesting thing. I don't really know um, exactly what the reasons by but the Torah is uh, almost exclusively, but entirely exclusively in Hebrew. Okay. And Labron declared the mound as a witness between me and you today. Therefore he called his name gal As for the mitzvah, because he said, may Hashem keep watch between me and you, when we are out of each other's sight, if you ill treat my daughters, or if you marry wives in addition to my daughters, then no man sh- then no man may be among us. But see, God is a witness between you. Okay, that's what that's what uh, he's demanding. Labors at the Jacob. Here is the mound, and here is the mon- monument which I have cast between me and you. The mound shall be witnessed, uh, and the monument shall be witnessed that I may not cross over to you past this mound nor may you cross over to me past this mount this monument for evil may, may the god of Abraham and the god of uh, and the god of nahor judge between us the god of their father and jacob swore by the dread of his father isaac then jacob slaughtered for a feast on the mountain and he summoned his teensmen for, to break bread and they broke bread and spent the night on the mountain okay so they have this wonderful uh, agreement this treaty this covenant they each pledge They seemed to cement it by this wonderful banquet feast. And Laban awoke early in the morning. He kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them. Then Laban went and returned to his place. Laban, defeated, walked home. Mm -hmm. Jacob went on his way, continued on towards Israel, and the angels of God encountered him. Angel, the angels of God, and we see that this is now Jacob is kind of upgrading his. Now that he's finally divested himself of that bad influence, right, there's automatically a step up in his spirituality. Right? Boom, boom, boom! Like you know, the second the Laban's gone, there's this uh, automatic upgrade in his in his spirituality. And we find this a lot. You know, what the Talmud tells us is that if someone has a bad neighbor, it affects him negatively. Like your, your surroundings, like your company, they're going to affect you. Right? Jacob was, you know, was still capable of. Prophecy, even uh, even when he, when he was near Laban, but the second the tells the second that he left Laban, automatically he had angels angels accompanying him. Just automatically, was, he went up around in his spirituality.
3: Is Nahor the brother of Abraham? I don't remember
0: who that is. Nahor is the um, says Laban, brother.
4: Laban referred to, have the to the go God. Of Tera, the Nahor of is the,
0: of the brother of Abraham. Yes. Okay, so Jacob was with angels, and enc- God encountered him. Jacob said, "When he was uh, when he saw them, this is a Godly camp." So he called the name of the place Machanaim. Congratulations, everyone,
3: sure.
2: on
0: completion of Breakneck Part One.
2: we not we're, you're doing a uh, proof series. Right?
0: Yes, we'll talk about that. I wanted to just say one more thing. We find um, twice Jacob calls the God of his of Abraham. Wait, the God of Abraham and the dread of Isaac.
3: Well, wait, I don't understand the God of Abraham and the God I'm of wrong. Nahor aren't they the Well, same?
0: that was that. Yes, yes, yes. That's true. That. That, that's, um, but right. we say in our tefillah, we say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, God of Jacob.
3: Interesting. The God of Nahor is not capitalized, but the God of Abraham.
0: Yeah, um, so because yeah, Nahor wasn't exactly someone who had followed in Abraham's footsteps. So, yeah, it's interesting why... um
4: you see Lot's... Uh,
0: no, no, it's it's The father?
4: Who is Nahor?
0: Nahor is... He the is he's the brother. Abraham. Is brother he the... Is Abraham, he... Lo- could, be.
3: could be. Could be. It says Terah.
0: Terah had you three children. Abraham, so Nahor, and what was the name of the third God. one?
2: Terah. Who, who was Lot's father. father? Who was Lot's With father? With a hay,
0: right? Yeah. Haran, Haran, thank you. Right? father. Right, Haran. You're right. It be? Uh, and he died, and that I don't know, was, was, and I believe that Lot was the son of of Haran. I'm not sure, I don't know. I know
4: the father died, and that, he, that is why he went with Abraham.
0: Either way, uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly which one it was.
2: This is in small oh, oh, back to his commentary. The yes. God of their
3: father. Yeah, god with a small g. And Laban referred to the God of Terah, T-R-A-H, the father of both Abraham and Raph. I don't know the God of who is anymore. No I mean, the um, God of Abraham is our God, Hashem. That's right. And, and the I, god if you look at Rashi...
0: Where I looked, she says one word. He says, the God of Abraham, Kodesh, holy. Mm-hmm. And the God of Nahor as Chol, as being not holy. Mm-hmm. Means that there's a certain spiritual element and a physical element. Who's Terach? Terach is the father of both Nahor and, uh, and, and, and Abraham. Oh, that's
3: the human father.
0: Okay. Yes. Uh, but uh, what I wanted to talk about is that The commentaries point out that Jacob had a certain um, he refrained from calling uh, by saying from saying the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac that he said the dread of Isaac and this idea the dread or pachad yitzchak the fear the the dread and we know the Talmud tells us that the, the term the God of a person of an individual is only said on three people Abraham Isaac and Jacob. It's not said about Moses. It's not said about Joseph, Aaron, or any one of the great people that we've had Samuel, David, none of them. It's only said on these three people. And I think that it's important for us as we, you know, this is something that's part of our liturgy. We say it all the time. What we've always mentioned every time, every time, every every prayer, every I mean that We mentioned the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. What is what is what is so significant about these people that these people, their relationship with God merited that we could say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So uh, there's many translations. The translation that I'm going to share is for, whatever for my grandfather. Uh, and I like to say it as a way of uh, you know imagine, imagine you were granted an audience with, the president or. Secretary General of the UN or someone that you think is really important that can involved in your own personal political right what would you do you'd prepare really really well right you'd obviously make sure you look good and make sure you have your points that you want to convey organized you'd rehearse and rehash exactly what it's, what state you want to be in and what exactly you want to accomplish if you had an audience with God Imagine you, were, you knew that for an hour tomorrow you're going to be a prophet and you want uh, to accomplish something during that hour. How much more so? We could take that and multiply it by a thousand. And that, that's the kind of level of preparation that you would want to be. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were always at every time at that level. They, they're, they're called the chariot of God they were constantly steadily, right, all the time in a state of being totally ready for an audience with God. Hence the relationship of the, our forbearers of the founding of of, of of Judaism, that they have with God is something that we have to think about as we're starting our prayer there was there is this idea of being, Always at every time at every waking hour at a, at a state of readiness for, for, for 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 you know for God's presence, and the idea that we should uh, you know hopefully do is that yeah we're we're about to start the prayer. It's almost the first thing you say at the beginning of the prayer. The first thing because we have to say listen I'm about to have somewhat of a mini audience a mini prophecy, right? It's also I support me to you know now you know, sooner than later come to some sort of readiness and some sort of spiritual clarity uh at the time of this uh of this interaction so
2: to speak with God.
1: Well Rabbi, don't you you know, then it's it's curious to me that Moses wouldn't have been included there because when in another class when we talk about his level of prophecy versus everybody else's, he was yes. a, he had prophecy during the day I had the same you know. exact
0: question today. Okay. I love the question. Excellent question. Okay. Uh and especially because the Torah explicitly says about Moses that he was able to summon God whenever he wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good question. I don't know the answer. Okay. I have okay. the same question.
1: You, know, you would think that he might yes. be lumped in with those three in that regard. So.
0: I, I, okay. we, I mean, in, in, in the Jewish hierarchy, we view Moshe as being greater than anyone, <laughs> including Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was something special about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that seems like Moses didn't have. It seems like it. Um, we're told in the Talmud that you're not allowed to say about God the God of the God of anyone aside from the the three forefathers. The three forefathers. Yes, I love the question. I had the same question myself. So, therefore, it's Let's gotta be. It's gotta be a good question. Anyhow, <laughs> we'll see everyone. To be continued. Congratulations on uh, on uh, completion oh, no, of Breaking Part it. One.
2: Can you, want
3: you to tell you us? It. Give us a preview of the. Uh